Hey everyone, it is Andrew Nimsgren here with another episode of Project Esports for November 11th, 2019. And let me tell you, it's going to be a good one just based off the pre-show. Because as always, alongside me, I have Dylan Beal and James Graham, both of which don't look that happy to be here right now. What's going on, boys? I'm happy to be here. We are just having a, we're having a lover's quarrel in the beginning of the, or the end of the pre Doesn't that require one of us to love each other? Oh, me and Dylan love each other. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's messed up, dude. Say he's like. <laughs> he's like right um, But yeah, if for those of you that do not know, this is Project Esports, where each and every week we talk, come together and talk about esports, video games, streaming, all that kind of stuff, all into one that all kind of wraps back up to the thing we love so much, which is ultimately esports. We give a whole lot of opinion and a little bit of context alongside that. But we do not have any major housekeeping per usual. But as always, we do have poppedoff.com where we create other awesome content, including the Class 1A podcast, which is another weekly podcast where we break down each and every episode of My Hero Academia anime as it comes out on Saturday. So please check that out as well if you enjoy our current content personalities, whatever it is. It's a lot of fun and it's very much kind of goonery, just like Project Esports. But with that, we do have a very packed episode, so I'm going to hand it right over you to Dylan to talk about fighting games slash Terry slash whatever else you're going to go into. Ultimately, that turns into a rant. All right. Well, first of all, call him by his his Christian name, Terry Bogard. You got to say the whole thing. It's it's like Um, a tribe called Quest, dude. You got to say the whole thing. But Uh, wait, uh, wait, who? A A tribe tribe called Quest? I have no idea who that is. All right, no, let's get past this. Oh, my goodness. Oh. All right, so I'm. Uh, this is already going to be the Boomer versus Zoomer kind of uh, topic because uh, Andrew being the Zoomer, he knows, he knows Smash. Yep. Let me, let me, let me, let me talk about Terry Bogart. All, all the old heads out there will know about him. Uh, so, uh, so Terry was super popular in uh, Fatal Fury, uh, King of Fighters. So King of Fighters is a pretty famous fighting game. Um, It's one of the top ones. It's not number one anymore. Um, It still has a huge, huge scene in Latin America. Amazing game, incredibly hard, but has some iconic characters like Terry Bogart. And he made his way into Smash, which is really exciting um, because he is like an icon of, you know, one of the greatest fighting games. And so seeing him in Smash, it's like bringing in like, you know, crazy different fighters like Ryu and Ken who aren't like from Nintendo games or anything like that. And Terry Bogart, who's not from a Nintendo game and like all these different characters who used to be Nintendo exclusives, but are actually just being pulled in from like straight up fighting games is so exciting. And the exciting thing about him is he operates a little bit like Ryu and Ken. Um, So he always faces um, the opponent. So just like a 2D fighter would. Um, And then on top of that, he has real inputs. So I'm not talking side Bs. I'm not talking up Bs. I'm talking he has quarter circle forwards. He has like, he has half, he has, he has he's quarter circle back, full quarter, full circle forward. Like he has crazy inputs, like actual fighting game inputs. Um, and it's super cool. Cause like, obviously he does have like shortcuts um, just like Ryu and Ken does. Um, but to get the full effect of a lot of his moves, you have to do the full input, which is really cool. And I wanted to bring it up because I think that this could be a really cool entry point into fighting games for a lot of people. So not necessarily King of Fighters, because, oh, my God, that game's hard. I would not recommend that game for anyone ever. Um, I, I loaded up King of Fighters, and I was like, I, I can't do these inputs. 
Like they're so precise, they're super hard. But I think it's really cool because you know you throw these iconic characters in and you teach people like inputs and stuff. And then you go, hey, these are like the same thing from the games that they're from. And they go, oh, cool. Like maybe I'll try out Street Fighter. Like maybe I'll try out, um, you know, a Tekken, which I, there's no Tekken characters, but maybe they're like, you know, it's somewhat similar. Let me try it out. I just wanted to bring that on to, you know, to the show and bring that on to you guys to see, you know, is this a possibility? Andrew, I know you dabbled in Smash a little bit. Like, do you see this maybe as a possibility of like, hey, like, I don't know, Ken's really cool. Like maybe I'll, I'll try to, a, a different fighting game. Mm, no, I, I, I think people that play Smash more than likely don't play a lot of other fighting games. I'm one of the pure examples. I think Smash is so much more mainstream. And I think the fact that sure, you have to kind of understand like what everyone's side B does. You know, everyone has a side B. Like, I, I think the beauty of Smash is that there is such a ceiling and like such a wide variety of skill, even though everyone ha- ultimately has the same, own same limited amount of abilities. But everyone feels like they're still simple. Like you can get the unique combinations, all that. But you do a side B, you know you're gonna do something to the side. Like it's just so simple. And I think this is an interesting experiment to see how doing super specific combinations and all that with the actual controls versus just how you combine moves um will be interesting. But I mean, I, I don't know if it'd ever be something to get me to go and buy a whole different game when I'm already sitting there and playing Smash right in front of me. No, but I mean, this isn't necessarily, you know, talking about going out and like buying a $60 video game. I'm talking about a lot of people who go to weeklies, like people who go to weeklies, they're playing Smash, they might be really good at Smash. Um, but at a lot of these weeklies, they're fighting game weeklies, not just Smash weeklies. So they'll have other games. I'm saying like, do you think that this kind of opens the door a little bit into into other realms? Because like, it is it is a really like light step into that direction, you know? Maybe there is Terry Bogard mains out there who really like the character and think he's really cool. Like in, in that case, like don't you see that there's like you know that door kind of being opened up a little bit into other games? Maybe I don't know. I I, I don't I don't play Smash competitively, so I never think about just randomly going and trying to play another game in a weekly that I have very little experience with. That just doesn't sound like something I'd ever do. I'd always go in overprepared than underprepared. So I just can't see myself making that leap there. It'd be, it'd always be something where, Oh, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll buy this game on sale or something and see if I like it there. I just have so it's just, I have so little fighting game experience that I don't think I can relate to someone as much as you two probably can that have not a ton, but more than I do. I think I think your kind of your closing comment right there kind of speaks. I think where we'll probably see the most amount of influence is, oh, I know this character. I know he's from this game. I know he's from this game. This game is on sale. Maybe I should. I think that's where you'll see more of the overlay. Um, yeah, probably some competitive casual players or like some people who are already competitive in Smash and are going to an area where it's readily available where they don't have to pick it up and stuff like that. I think you'll see some overlap, but I think that's where you see the the the, the big two is between between the uh between the like on sale purchases to like hey, i'll try it out see if it goes see if we can get into it and then the actual guys that can go to the weeklies i think those are probably the the two big overlaps i think i think most for most of it we've probably already seen the influx with ken and ryu getting there because they're both pretty iconic anyways uh but I, I i i like terry has his own he's got his own like appeal to him though you know what i mean like terry bogart's got his own his own steez on the go right so like, uh, I, I guess the, the reason why I brought this up is because I have seen this in smaller contexts, as I would say. So Marvel versus Capcom, right? 
that's a big fighting game that a lot of its impact was on the shoulders of you know comic book fans people really wanted to get into that and like you know capcom adjacent games as well or even when dbz fighters came out like i know i'm super hype about it because it was dbz like you know i i don't want to say i could i i couldn't care less about like mechanics of the game and the mechanics were like an addition to it and i saw the characters and i was like i love dragon ball i want to play this this is super sick yeah i think like i man i think that's the big thing that brought me into marvel versus capcom was like i knew you know it was like i knew venom like and like i mean like and i was just starting to get an x-men stuff like that but then i was like oh i have all these crazy ass like capcom characters and i'm kind of interested in too right so like now that being said most of my teams did consist of like strictly marvel characters but that's like besides the point but there, <laughs> there was an, there was enough guys from uh there's enough guys from capcom that like uh that really like gripped me so i mean i i i see, I see what you're saying same with dbz fighters like, i mean dbz fighters is like the like i think the best example of being like i were reaching for another plot or like another form of media and bringing people into this scene is like yeah. you know they like i mean that one's like that, i think that one's like the, the the prime example of how to do yeah, it yeah i feel like it's bringing people into a game not bringing people into a different game persona i mean Ultimately, like Joker being announced for Persona and every freaking out was actually what finally got me to go and buy Persona 5. So like it, it's bringing B-Thou's into Smash. So I guess that's kind of a little bit kind of my argument um, because I just need that push there. But someone like Joker or Banjo will get people to come in and play the game. But I don't know how often it'll get people that are playing the game to go out and buy that game. So I feel like it's definitely uh, more bringing people in, which is obviously why they do it versus pushing people out. Yeah, so I normally would agree if it's just solely character-based um, and it's like an aesthetic thing because um, like Banjo is an aesthetic thing um, and same with Joker. Um, but I would argue the difference with these are... I, and the, the point about it I think is the most interesting is that mechanically it shares a lot of similarities with their original game and that's their gimmick. Is that like... It's like you, it, it's like you just took them from their game and almost plopped them right in. Um, which I think is super interesting and at least introducing some concepts to it so that whenever you hop into another game, it's very simple. Like it, it's very similar rather. Uh, so yeah. like Andrew, you say you don't want to jump anything unprepared, but like, you know, if you did play like Ken or you did play Ryu and you did their like inputs in Smash, you would go, oh, this is just, it's the same thing. Like it's just the same inputs, um, yeah. which I think is, you know, interesting at least. Yeah, I think I think having like in like having their actual move set imported from game to game would be nice and it would add a lot of familiarity to it. Like I mean with Ken and Ryu, we're not we're not gonna get it, but at least with Terry Bogart we do. But yeah, I know I thought that was a little bit of a interesting point, but uh should we move on? We shall. James, that means we will be handing it over to you to talk about another what is that? Is that a Rick Fox watch I hear? I mean it's basically a Rick Fox watch. I'll count it. It still gets the animation. Oh, I love seeing it. Love seeing it. It makes me so happy. Yeah. So, Echo Fox reportedly disbanded, and all its players are free agents. We this is. I mean, we saw this coming miles away. <laughs> like, I think we, we've uh, we've talked about this yeah, frequently. But we actually had like uh, basically a spokesperson from the investors um, basically say, "Yes, the team is dissolved. All the players are let go. Staff are terminated." And the logo and uniform are now a collector's item. I don't know if it's a good collector's item or not, but it is one. So 
yeah, we we finally kind of seen everybody kind of get released. So, um, Dylan, this I know, like, this means our, like, you know, a very popular boy in the FGC is, you know, a free free agent now. Very interested to see where Sonic Fox goes. Yeah, because Sonic Fox is, like, a top-tier fighting game player. Like, re- like, recently, they just did an amazing run at a tournament, you know, obviously going up with Goichi once again, like, one of the best uh, rivalries I've ever seen in a fighting game. I love it, so... This is very exciting to see uh, where they're going to go. Yeah, so I don't know if it's going to mean some new blood goes in the FGC or somebody existing just decides to pick them up. Like, I don't know, like Mouse or something like that. I don't know who are like some of the more high-profile orcs. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure like who else would really... I know like EG has a... Like EG's just coming into some money apparently, so they're, it wouldn't surprise me if they pick them up. But I think I think it's... I think it's partly like who wants to deal with Sonic Fox's BS too. Like, I mean, who who wants to deal with like the everyone? I guess everyone so. Should oh, everyone if you're guaranteed, should. like, why would anyone not want just guaranteed prize money and a following? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He just seems like a bit of a PR nightmare sometimes. But I think if you just like recognize what the scene's about, what he's about, it's probably gonna be okay. But like. I don't know, man. I can see I can see that being a lot of like where a lot of more established orgs are mean like, I don't want this, right? Anybody who's not a part of the FGC, like it like you know, they might not want to pick them up because they're like, meh, I don't know. But it's also I think another good point that uh like an unknown org could pick them up and be like, We're in the FGC now. I don't know, maybe like Sentinels or some shit. Like maybe. I, I don't know. I think it, the FGC is weird because it's more of so hey what what esports orgs are big in general um because you know just you know sometimes anyone just like reaches their hand in and goes okay well we're team liquid i guess we're gonna pick up some players or hey we're cloud nine let's pick up some players like yeah that's kind of weirdly how it works like there's some big fgc organizations out there for sure um but i know i really think we could just see another big entity just kind of reach their hand into the fgc and pick up uh sonic fox yeah, I think that would probably be the case to go. Um, there's not too much other stuff to report on this besides the fact it's finally happened. I does this mark the end of Rick Vox Vox? I feel like it might. Um, nope. he is an iron. He, he is in his iron one placements. I'll say that or his iron one promos. He's making his last push to bronze before the end of the season. Um, but yeah, that's really that's really about it. That's so great. Is there any that's other teams? Such a quick fall. It was a quick fall. The, what do you mean? This- does Echo Fox have any other big teams? Like I know Sonic Fox was one of the big um, mainstays of it. And, you know, besides, you know, because we already know what happened with League and all that, but does Echo Fox have any other big teams in any other esports uh, that we should be, I don't know, con- maybe concerned about or wondering if we're going to see a bunch of players go somewhere else? Um, MK Leo is the other one who was a Smash player. Wait, MK um, Leo was under Echo Fox? Are you Echo kidding Fox, me? Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, that's really it. If I remember correctly, they only had the FGC teams and then their LCS team, and that was really about it. I think they got rid of everything else. Um, they did have a run in CS:GO because that was a big reason why Echo Fox or Rick Fox started this was because of Kyle being so invested in uh, in the shooters. But I think those have also since dissolved as well. Like, I mean, given how volatile the CSGO scene is, I feel like those players have already been snatched up. Yeah, just kind of looking back on it, like, yeah, there ain't, they don't really, they don't really promote anything else besides fighting games. They only had fighters. 
it looked, yeah, you, they did have a CSGO and apparently like an Apex Legends, I'm guessing. Duo. Yeah, those can, though, yeah. I mean, Apex Legends can pick up. That's that amateur scene's really good right now, and they'll someone else will pick them up. And uh, CSGO, it's constantly moving as well. They, I mean, they're, it's just an open, they can find someone to sponsor them. I wouldn't be too worried about either one of those. It'd just be more about where MK Leo, arguably one of the best Smash players out there. Probably the best match player out there, in my opinion. Um, what? Who you? Who do you got over him? Dylan. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think MK Leo. He he's he's constantly placing top couple. He he's my he's my favorite to watch. Plus, he plays a lot of Joker. Um, but no, I think it's more about where those the two fighting game um, people really end up, and then outside of that, it won't be uh, much many other big questions. Oh wait, Jay Wong's under them um kind of he's under like a lot of people yeah justin wong is more of uh someone who picks up a lot of sponsors on his own um this was actually something he's talked about kind of recently but like he just goes to tournaments and cleans up so he's kind of like yeah this is it's gonna kind of do my own thing it's like whoever pays for that trip it's whoever pays for that individual trip is who he's working for at that time yeah, and we then also he just has a bunch of individual sponsors too, who just pay them, uh, just pay him to be on his jersey or whatever. So he's and a bounty he just player, won. man. That's it. Yeah. He's he's like so whoever contracts him. Just, that's the yeah. way to do it. That's the best way to fucking do something like that. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you've been in the scene since you know you're like eight years old, basic, and just like playing fighting games constantly. He was born into it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be a lot harder for people in China to really be born into and playing fighting games ever since they're young, since there are some new laws that just went into effect. Is that right, Dylan? Yeah, that's right, Andrew. Uh, good good transition. Thank you. Um, I worked hard on that one. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, but there's been a new like curfew, I would say, is like the way to describe it, um, for gamers in China. So... Uh, let me just like kind of run through like all the like the big points about it. Um, but for gamers under 18 years old, it's going to prevent them from playing video games from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Um, and on top of that, no more than 90 minutes during weekdays or three hours on weekends and public holidays. So 90 minutes on weekdays for video games and three hours on weekends and public holidays. And on top of that, um, if you're un if you're under 16, you can't spend more than $30 per month in in-game microtransactions. And then if you're between 16 and 18, you can't spend more than $57 a month in microtransactions. So those are the new laws kind of going into effect, which I mean, the reason why I want to bring this up is that it's, I guess, strange, not really strange, but like, it's weird. It's definitely weird for us who that's that's something that doesn't exist at all like that's totally outside our realm of like even like thinking about like the closest thing we have is you need to bring your parent along with you to buy an m-rated game and that's even questionable yeah and then most of the time the gamestop employee just like all right well do you know this has violence uh sexual content blood gore um and intense language yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then you're like you look up at like your parent and you're like it's call of duty it's Call of Duty. Come on, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever." Yeah. It's Call of Duty. Come on. Yeah. Did I, I literally think I had that exact conversation with a kid's mom uh, multiple times when I worked in my good old days at GameStop? And I think I said those exact words. Yeah, that was a, that was a quote from Andrew verbatim. 
It's policy years, but yeah, you have to read it off. Oh yeah, you do. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to bring this up and see what you guys thought about it because this is definitely coming off the back of the World Health Organization saying that um, video game addiction is a thing that they're labeling now um, and that they're putting out there into the public. So I wanted to throw this on there because it's maybe a shift in the way that the world sees gamers. Are are gamers truly the most oppressed group on Earth right now? Oh my God, they definitely are in China. I I honestly don't think the microtransaction transaction part of it is that bad. No, I, I actually agree. I, I actually think I actually think that one's fairly reasonable. Like like twenty dollars a month, what thirty dollars a 30. month? Thirty is a lot for my. And then fifty or like something like that when you get a little older. Sixty when it's, you're when you can actually work, right? Yeah. That, honestly, that's if I had that imp- like imposed on me, that'd be like a lifesaver to my. And that's still three hundred and sixty dollars a year on microtransactions. Like that's still a, f- a lot of money. Like bank, yeah. let, let, let's talk about that. Like if you're spending more than three hundred sixty a year and you ain't making good money, like that's that's a big money thing. So like honestly, on that part of it, um, I'm not that upset about i have literally have no problems with it like if that was implemented here i think that'd be something i really get behind and encourage um the, i don't know about the cur- i don't know about the curfew thing the curfew thing's a little curfew a little thing dicey. is dicey um again the hours isn't something i'm necessarily against i mean it pretty much makes becoming a professional gamer in china incredibly hard because you need to put in more you need to put more than 13 and a half hours into games every week i mean you need to be doing six hour scrims every single day. So that makes yeah. that kind of scene hurt a lot in the esports side. But I mean, for the average person, 13 and a half hours of video games a week is a lot. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, I would come home from school and I would crank out like easily three hours a day playing a game. Yeah. I, 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 th- think, I think it'd be like better if it was like, Oh, you have this amount of time per week would be better. But I mean, do you really play 15 hours a week of video games right now? I don't have to, I don't even have time for me to play 15 hours a week. As a grown ass man, I absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, and, I, it, it and when really I was a depends. kid, I did too, right? Like, when as I was a kid. kid, yeah, like, I mean, like, when I was that age, like, I was, I was raiding and, yes. and, and, you and know, I was younger. Raiding. Yeah, exactly, right? So I, I don't know. Like, I get that they're trying to probably, like, you know, you want to force the academics on a kid more. Like, I mean, like, that, and like, and that's just not like a China thing. That's everywhere, right? Um, but like, I don't know, dude. Rating rating takes a lot of time. No, I, I I agree. I think I think the concept isn't something I'm totally against. Obviously, people should be able to do whatever they want. It, it, it's nothing like that. And obviously, freedom of speech and all that. I, I very much believe in all that. But I also believe that there can be a number that, like, okay, you probably don't need to play more than this a week. Like yeah, thirteen, not that much. Like thirteen is not that number. But like thirty hours a week. Like oh, that's yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, that's 20 like, hours, like, 25 hours a week. I mean, I mean, 24 hours a day week would be you're spending one physical t- day a week, one seventh of every week playing games. Like, I think you don't need to play that much, even for someone that played probably near that much. That's at the point where I started getting bored. And after that, about, it starts to be unhealthy. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, that's that's like a weird arbitrary law to put in place. Then I yes. mean, like, why don't we limit TV? time then. no i agree like, like I, this is something that I it's weird that it's only targeting this i agree with that but I, the I concept of it isn't horrible but the fact that it's focusing just one aspect of entertainment i am not a fan of and i think it still had some flaws to iron out yeah it's and slippery, i think it's slippery slope yeah well i, I mean well, I don't, China. 
I don't inherit. Well, so I, the other thing I want to bring up is that uh, they have similar laws in South Korea too. I mean, though they're a lot more lax, um, you have to put your social security number in or their equivalent of social security number in when buying games to prove that you actually are 18. Um, so a lot of times you're, the games that you purchase and like your Blizzard account, whatever is like tied to your social security number. And not only that, but like if you're under 18, you can't play from midnight to 6 a.m., which obviously is a smaller window, but still you can't. Still, that's, that. that's, some the, that's some of the best gaming but, time out there. But the question is like, why put on these laws? I mean, we can say that, yeah, obviously like having a minor play from midnight to 6 a.m., they don't need to be playing that. Like if you're playing that much, it's probably unhealthy. Yeah, also just like eating entire cups of sugar is really bad for kids. But like, we're not going to put laws saying, all right, well, you can't eat two cups of sugar every single day. Like that's it's it's to, to me, that's a little bit weird. And it should more be these are things that no healthy person should be doing. Um, and that when you don't have the, you know, the wherewithal as a child to understand those things, you need parental figures, you need guardian figures in your life to correct those bad behaviors. And to say, hey, like, no, we don't, we don't play video games for 15 hours a day. Like, that's not what you do. Like, here's how to study and all that. Like, I don't know if this is necessarily the job of the government to be jumping in. And that's, that's me saying that as in, you know, big government Beal over here. So big government Beal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, it's like, I think it like, again, we see it like in so in the States and even in kind of in Canada with like, your parents should have taught you this shit. Why is the government have to intervene, right? Like, I mean, I like, I like, you got to have some more reinforcement in it, right? So, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be at the at the hands of the government. Like, I don't know. I can see some backlash being happening to this now. I mean, like, the Chinese government. In China, no. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, you're gonna see, you're gonna see backlash from everywhere else except for China because they can't. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's uh, again, like, it's a, it's a weird. It's a weird angle. Yeah, and I mean, this this isn't the first type of gamer regulation that they put in place. I mean, there's a couple of games that had to have special versions out um, for China. Um, I know Dota had to Overwatch is one of them, too. Warcraft was one. Yeah, because you can't have skeletons. And I think uh, there's there's like other things like specific Uh, things that you can't have in games. PUBG. PUBG was super censored. Yeah, so... You, you do have to censor a lot of different things in there. So there is a lot of regulations on like the gaming side. So I don't know this. I don't think we're going to see real backlash against it. I think it's just something that like, y- you know, it probably the majority of society agrees with it too in China. Like I can definitely see that. So I don't know. But to answer yeah. your question, we are not the most oppressed people. <laughs> Gamers are not close to being the most <laughs> Oppressed. We will table that discussion for a later date. I'm sure we will. You want to talk about some more? Uh, we're on the topic of China already, so we might as well we might as well talk about what China did to our boys. Oh my goodness! World 2019 is over, and so is the League of Legends season. And the culmination of everything, let's say, is less than it was. It was anticlimactic. I think that's the best way to do it. It was a 3-0 blowout, more or less, from the team of, uh, oh my goodness, um, Phoenix. Fun plus, fun fun plus, plus Phoenix. Phoenix. I wanted to say five Phoenix five, um, but um, fun plus Phoenix 
crushed G2 in Paris this last weekend. And holy shit, let me tell you, staying up for 24 straight hours to watch just live at the esports arena was not worth it. These games were fun from the beginning, but it was just clear that G2 was clearly outmatched. And I think the argument that the LPL, the Chinese uh, League of Legends um, scene, is probably the best in the world right now. See, like, there's been an ongoing dialogue that, for whatever reason, Chinese uh, junglers and supports just literally turn something on once they get into the finals and they become absolute godsends. Like, we we saw it with, with like, that game. Like, uh, Tian was absolutely goddamn everywhere, the FBX's jungler. Like, everybody was really hyped about Doin B going in, uh, but it was really Tian uh, and LWX who were really the big, like, two carries, LWX being their ADC. Who literally didn't die. Well, their entire bot lane did not die until the last game in the last five seconds when the support died to tower. I mean, to the fountain. Like, the fountain. <laughs> yeah, like literally they only had two people go the entire series without dying. And that is just how dominant of a performance this really was. And it's it's almost there's almost so little to talk about with the worlds because of how dominant it was. I mean, when you start talking about 2020, next year is going to be the 10th anniversary of Worlds. They're saying that it is going to be the biggest by far. They're planning on breaking records. Like, there's already tons of talk about World 2020 because Worlds 2019 was that unentertaining that people are already looking to a better matchup next year, surprisingly. Well, the thing is, too, is that, like, 2018 was, like, a carbon copy of this. It was Fnatic got 3-0'd by IG. So, like, I mean, like, we've kind of had, like, two lackluster finals. Now, that being said, groups, quarters, semis, like, those are all those are all lit. Those are all amazing to watch. But, like, everything else was, like, even playing was fun to watch. But then we get to the finals, and it was just like, meh. Like, you know, there goes our sick, you know, samurai armor skins. Like, those aren't happening anymore. But now, I don't, like, I mean, the art team from Blizzard, or uh, from Riot's pretty sick, and they're going to probably make something crazy with the, uh, with the fun plus Phoenix skins. But... One little thing I want to add about this, and it was really, it was kind of like it was an off shot to something like Jat said during the whole production. Andrew, I don't you might have been too sleep deprived to really like pay attention to this, but Fun Plus Phoenix's CEO is formerly Riot Chun. Yeah, who was yeah yeah who was a diamond. He was a challenger player. I guess he the highest rank he reached was top four, being a Trindamir one trick. And uh, yeah, then he basically went to went back to like he's he's Chinese, went back to China, made Fun Plus Phoenix, and here we are. And I guess Jat just like ran into it. Was like, hey, dude, like what's up, right? Well, yeah, like, they, they used to be roommates. Yeah, or, like, or coworkers was, or something like that. They, they, they were coworkers. They both worked in balancing, right? And that was the big thing was that, or play testing, one of the two. But that was like one of the requirements. Is like way back in the day, a big issue was that um, like everybody was pissed at riot because like oh your playtesters are bronze and silver like that doesn't make any fucking sense why are you guys doing it and they'd always be like riot chun can take out all of you riot chun is like top four yeah like so they'd always default that he was like the example case when they were like no our playtesters are this good look at look at riot chun right so yeah uh, um so yeah that was always cool um i guess the doin b story is pretty sick coming out of worlds married man meta it continues it continues, dude. It's it's the play, and his and his wife is his most supportive fan. His wife was literally the one who was like, "You shouldn't retire. You should go for another shot." They and were he's so like, cute. They were adorable. She was so happy. It was it was really it was really nice. And that, that was literally more entertaining. Learning more about them was more entertaining than the actual worlds. 
seriously seriously like fun plus put on a goddamn clinic like it was it was embarrassing to be a, like a western van honestly man i was like, cheering for fun plus <laughs> I, i'm happy to see gt lose that was not the same tune you were saying last week or the, every every other time we've talked about g2 you're like oh they're the villains they're fucking sick i fucking love this yeah but and i then, lo- but then but then i saw crusty say that the only reason he wanted a pike skin at the one worlds was so that g2 couldn't have it i instantly became a fun plux phoenix no, fan it was, it was uh chris. chris chris i'm sorry yeah yeah no no the uh my favorite part was the shade that our lwx like threw at them was, oh in the post game yeah. five yeah, yeah, we didn't perform that well, but our t- our enemy didn't perform at all. Like, yeah, just like, oh Jesus, dude. Okay, they're already yeah. dead. Guy's an animal. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, like there was some good, like there was some good content, and of course G two took it in stride. I, did you see anybody see like the most recent video put out by G two? No, it's I saw Ocelot in a clown costume. <laughs> yeah, so it's Ocelot giving the dialogue of basically like all the things G two typically says to why they all end up winning while like clown makeup's being applied. To oh, I love that. It's literally the meme. It's literally the meme of like the more things you say, the more clown costume you, and by the end of it, he's literally like in the full getup. It's it's like, you know what? That's like, awesome. That's good of them. Yeah. yeah. They're good memers. Dylan, I know we've just talked a ton. Of... Do you have anything have something to bring up? Yeah. yeah. So what is with all our favorite esports and just having blowout finals? I mean, we had this overwatch league was just an absolute blowout as well speed running through all these grand finals i mean what, what what's what's going on with it i think what is the what's the next big one coming up then the next big finals yeah what's the big finals maybe a csgo event cod oh, yeah. league starting up um no Rainbow's all stars their new, their, rainbow's got their next major in in tokyo unless it's already happened might have already happened I mean, I guess let's just keep looking out for things that we enjoy and for them to end as quickly as possible. And three O's are like, you know, similar yeah. fashion. Yeah, but I mean that I I think this is kind of interesting. I wonder if we'll see a little bit more of it of where just like certain teams in, you know, different esports just become incredibly big hitters. And I mean, like, you know, doing that at Worlds is incredibly impressive. I mean, to be that dominant in in, in the game at that time and like even in overwatch league i mean to be that dominant it's insane no i agree i think yeah it's definitely something well, it's, 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 it shouldn't happen right like i mean like that's like it, it, it kind of speaks to it makes me confused because like if you look at through the like the bracket that g2 went like g2 shouldn't have been where they were you know what i mean like playing performing like they were against fbx skt should have been there if anybody skt like, should have been there either way but SKT should have, yeah, they definitely should have been there either way. But like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say the bookies told him to throw it. So I'm saying, Ocelot, <laughs> oh my god, Ocelot, Ocelot had some backdoor deals, and uh, yeah, that's you're what literally here. starting conspiracy theory on the podcast right now. Yeah, sounds like on, something that's that sounds like job. something Dylan would do. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, exactly. Now, final thought for this: Caps is now the only player to reach finals and have a worse record than Uzi. Caps is now zero <laughs> six. Where Uzi was one and six. Yikes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, anything else you want to chat about with going back to Worlds and all that? I, I got something league-related to kind of throw in one of your later topics, James, but anything world specific you want to chat about? I'm excited for my mid-Nautilus skin. 
Yeah, that's, that's what I'm That'll getting. be about it. <laughs> um, but just a quick reminder that if you guys do have Amazon, you have Twitch Prime. If you want to do sub to us each and every month, that does mean a huge, a lot to us. I'm trying to think of my words and say them correctly. Um, it's free. You have to automatically do it each and every month. But you get a couple of awesome emotes, ad-free viewing. It helps support us, make more content and all that. So if you do have a Twitch Prime subscription, it would mean the world for us to get that from you. Wait, Andrew, did you say it's free? It is free. It is taking money from free? Amazon. So you know Dylan is going to push for it as hard as he possibly can. That's crazy. I'm going <laughs> to sub right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Pat, thank you so much for the actual sub. Why you are... Uh, we're actually talking about it. And he, as he said, you can't even post chat messages along with it that we will do out. What she literally said, you also get to post a chat message with it. So that's about the best promotion we can get for that. But let us move to the second half of the show because we spent a lot on the beginning and talk about Overwatch slash Overwatch 2 slash development. And it was pretty much a story that came out last Wednesday saying that Jeff Kaplan pretty much admitted that the reason Overwatch 2 has been, I mean, Overwatch has been so stagnant with the events and with heroes and all that kind of stuff and metas is because of Overwatch 2. And I just think this is such an interesting thing. I mean, I could go into quotes and all that, but I just kind of want to get to the core of the topic here, which is this like is it worth it to develop like a new game we know this is going to be expansion and have the game being such a stagnant and unplayable meta or kind of situation for so long that it more that doesn't kill the game but it severely hurts the game like they did so did they is this the right way to do it is it worth letting the main game suffer for the hope that the new game is going to fix it yeah, because back in my day, oh, we got go. an expansion, and we didn't see content for three years. No <laughs> new content. Yeah, no one liked that. Okay, so okay, so hold up, hold 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 the fuck up. So we literally have uh, the prime example of how you do it. We have a studio. They were formerly known as Riot Games with an asterisk. Now they're Riot Games, but they never stopped doing stuff for right game or for for league of legends despite the fact they made all these cool things that were you know associated with game a new game token within league of legends they never stopped that's like that's like so the fact that overwatch 2 is basically a pve expansion yes they're tweaking the engine but it's basically a pve expansion that's like saying oh no guys sorry we're gonna stop doing patches for league of legends because we're working on tft it's no goddamn excuse well, I think it. I think it is because the the difference is, it's not. It, it's they don't have more people working on it. You know, when whenever a company expands out and develops new games, they're bringing on more developers. They're they're bringing on different teams. Yeah. So why so didn't they do that here? Because that's not how Blizzard operates, and I that's think not how Activision yeah. operates. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it really isn't how Blizzard operates. They don't bring on multiple teams for a singular game. Because like the content that they're working on is coming out in a big batch. So it's not like they're gonna temporarily hire a whole bunch of people. People buff up for that all the time. They people that's pretty common in the games industry. To buff yeah, up for not, things. not for a continuous dev cycle like Overwatch. Like you wouldn't bring on the amount of like another Well, team. I know. Then you bring on another team for Overwatch 2, which is a giant expansion. It's pretty much being treated as a new game, probably gonna be sixty dollars. You can't afford to hire some new people to do that to make sure that your core game I that think, is being built off of doesn't go stagnant and turn people against it looking for literally any chance to escape to a better game. 
Like that is I not think, what you want to be in. I think gamers are being greedy with this. I don't. I think I think, I think Blizzard's I think being cheap. Are being greedy. Blizzard no, Blizzard's I, being I cheap as hell, and I'm a corporate they're, they're apologist. On, no, they're working on a huge expansion. Right huge. Now, that's what the. Yeah, they're working on a big PVE expansion. Like that's it's a big chunk of game. And not only to do that, but they're also working on skins for all the characters. They're wor- working on essentially a new client as well because it's going to be a different client. And it's then on top, they're doing the assets for it. They're, they're tweaking the engine. This is a huge undertaking. And I mean, for the Overwatch team to do this, it's it's a lot. And I don't know. I think we could go for, I don't know, however long it's going to be with, you know, minimal updates. I mean, it's like, okay, cool. We don't, we just don't get characters. It's not, it, they didn't say, hey, we're never going to balance the game ever again. It's, you know, balance has happened. But like, he's just saying no more new skins, like no, no new characters coming out because we're working but, on but a it's, really big project. But it's been stagnant like this for like a year and a half now. Two years now it's been stagnant. And they've been saying this whole time. For two years, content is still coming. The GOAT's meta was in in effect for like nine months, I'm pretty sure, with like two patch changes before 2-2-2. No, just because GOAT's was out and they didn't change it right away doesn't mean it's because Overwatch 2 But that's one of the... Well, no, it's because they didn't have the resources to put in the time to change it. And they've been reusing the same PvE events for like five years. Since the game launched, they've been using the same three PvP events, which is Junkenstein's Revenge, Lucio Ball, and then Skins. It's all they've done since the launch of Overwatch. That is not acceptable for seasonal content of... Like when you promise the moon, that is not an acceptable thing, and it's not acceptable to keep using it every year. Anything. They didn't promise anything. It's what a- I'm saying is they didn't promise anything, and because they actually wait and see how things play out and don't make rash balance decisions, doesn't mean it's because they don't have resources. It's just because those are things they're not actively changing with it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I totally am on board with like with with overwatch not being in the state it needs to be right now but i don't know i i think i think saying you need to hire an entire dev team to work on the game while the essentially the second game is being worked on is a bit much wow yeah it's really too much to ask a giant corporation that makes a billion dollars every single year to hire a different team to make a brand new game i agree that's really too much to ask as you know, you you guys know we're having like a freaky Friday moment, right? Where Dylan's actually defending a big corporation. I'm not developing the corporation. I'm def- I'm de- I'm like defending the team. I'm not blaming the team. Be- no, because they're not. Se- so th- so the way to look at this is not, hey, we're making a game that's going to sell like crazy, like Overwatch one sold, or that we're going to make a ton of mon- ton of money off of it. This is like a big undertaking that they're not going to see a lot of return on. There's no way they're going to see a lot of return on because so many people have left the game because it had so few updates and dedication to it. That's not necessarily true. Do you know the number of people that left because of these bad metas that go on for how much? Just go and look. I mean, you you cannot. It obviously I don't have numbers, but you cannot tell me over the last year that the overall narrative towards the actual game of Overwatch has not gone down. Sure, the Overwatch League in there has been there, but the gameplay it has gone down dramatically. And a game that's already been out for four years, the last thing you need is your 
the interest in your game to be going down because of things you can change. It's not people are getting bored. They're getting bored and unhappy with Blizzard not making the changes needed to keep the game fresh. That is the team's fault. I totally agree that the game isn't in the state it needs to be and that they're not actively making changes to put it in that way. What I'm saying is it's not just more content. You need more content. It's not about that. A lot of the changes they could be making are ones that you don't need with the team. You could still make these changes. And I agree, criticize it for not making the right changes, but saying that the dev cycle is going to be slowed down because the game doesn't need more heroes. The game doesn't need more skins. It needs different balancing changes and it needs a a different design philosophy, to be honest. The dev cycle isn't the problem with the the game. Overwatch was 100% the reason. And the reason that... um... What Overwatch 2 was 100% the reason for sluggish Overwatch 1 updates. Quote, Jeff Kaplan. That is not... Wait, wait, say that again? Overwatch 2 was 100% the reason for sluggish Overwatch 1 updates. Sluggish updates aren't the problem. That's not what we're arguing about. I'm saying the design philosophy over Overwatch and the balance philosophy of it is not directly coordinated with the with the development cycle. They're different things. Putting out bad content is not content. It wasn't. No one's unhappy with the content. They're unhappy with the patches most of the time. Yeah, and the patches. No, no, that's it though. That's it. That's what I'm saying though. Is I'm saying like the design philosophy and the patches coming out are bad. They're not good. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred people working on it or ten people. Sure working on it does. If you have a hundred people saying, no, "Is this it. really the right patch? Is this the really the right way we want to take this?" versus ten people that are clearly been doing a bad job forever because all the good people are working on the expansion that's going to make Blizzard more money is absolutely the wrong way to do patches. That's not that's they don't take ten people who do balance updates to go. All right, well, I know you do two ten people are normally do the balance updates. But we're just going to put one guy on balance updates, and we're going to put all of you guys on this. Yes, but the people that I mean, it should have been a bigger team. No, it does. It the size of the team doesn't matter when the quality is bad. The more people you put on this, it doesn't inherently going to make it better. More opinions and outlooks on a game is always better. That's no, no, one hundred percent false. That's so wrong. That's so wrong. That's not how development works on games. You just don't throw a ton of people at it. You get good talent and you, you get top tier talent and you listen to the top tier talent. You just don't put a million people on something and, and it becomes good. Now, I know if you, it, it, what, I think what the major complaint about this is they're saying, oh, because Overwatch 2 is being worked on, which I mean, this is your argument because Overwatch 2 is being worked on, then that means all the things they've been doing are bad because of it, which isn't true. I take back my comment about more people. You're right. That's not true. When you have bigger teams like Team Project, that doesn't always get better. I agree to that, but I still think there could have been an increase in a team size of you keep the people that helped make Overwatch what it was on that and you have other people help expand it. You're making expansion to the game. It is fair to expand the team for that. And assuming if you're making PvE content for this one batch, you should keep working on PvE content. I am just saying that there is no reason that like they're not even selling a new game they're selling an expansion to a game that they have ignored more or less for a year and a half that is an issue and that is why it's not going to be as lucrative for this expansion because the game didn't get the love it needed to that they're building off of that is an issue from a business side by letting the community suffer to try to make more money off of that community is not a good way to do things so i so i still think we're disagreeing on the core thing i don't think it's them not 
caring about the game and them not doing anything to the game for a year and a half that's making it bad. It's that they make changes and they're bad changes. They're not good changes. They're not doing anything meaningful to the game. I think that's like the main issue with Overwatch is they need to do meaningful changes. They could be doing meaningful meaningful changes with what they have now and they're not doing it. I think that's the main issue. I think saying that Overwatch 2 being worked on is 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 wrong. I, I think that's just a scapegoat right now because it's that's not the issue. Like if we want to complain about Overwatch, which I'm totally fine with, I think the game is not in a great position. I totally agree with you on that, but I don't think it's because Overwatch 2. I think if, even if they didn't, weren't working Overwatch 2, what would we be getting? We'd be getting more skins, maybe? Maybe, maybe something other than Junkenstein's revenge for eight but seasonal events maybe, in a row? That's not, like, them Them releasing a different type of PvE content isn't going to make or break multi. Multiplayer sucks right now. I don't want to play it. Most people don't want to play multiplayer because, you know, because the game in and itself is not what people want. And that's the main issue with the game. And throwing more people onto it from Overwatch 2 back over to over, Overwatch 1 is it going to change the core of that? It's still not going to be the game that we wanted. But it c- still could have made it better. Like literally saying, like I said, right next to one of the designers of Junkenstein Revenge, that brilliant guy named Mike Heiberg. And he's like, I have all these ideas I want to do for Halloween this year. And I'm like, I understand, Mike, but we're focused on other things right now. Like you are literally taking away incredibly talented people from what they want to be making because of something else. No, but what I'm saying is having a cool Halloween event isn't going to make multiplayer good. It's going to mean, hey, we have a hype-ass mo- Halloween But it can event, patch is- up it for a little bit. There's been no, there's been no Band-Aids to Overwatch for two years. It's just been one problem after another for two years. And fix those problems. It's We don't need Band-Aids. We don't need sick Halloween events that get us through Halloween and then make us go into another bad multiplayer game. We need things that get into the game that actually make the core of what it is, which is the multiplayer, which is... Why they have a shared multiplayer is because we want the core of this game to be good. And, and do, like, do, do you know how you do that? Is you keep the core you multiplayer team. Junkenstein too? No, you fine. I'm fine. Even go back to that. But he's saying that they're not putting enough time into Overwatch, like the multiplayer. I didn't say time. I didn't say time. Oh my God. Quality. We, James, quality. you have two topics quality that is being cut into this. So let's move on to your topics. Because I will yell at Dylan for 45 more minutes. I want to leave this. you two in your cage match. I gotta, like, I'm got i enjoying just sitting back and, and watching this. Where I, do I you stand on this? We, Pick a side. Okay. So band aid fixes aren't the thing. You need to fix the core of the game or else nobody's going to come back. Fix the fucking core of the game. So patch it properly, right? That's what we need to do. You need to. I don't think I don't think increasing the team size would do anything. I think you probably need a new team at this point. That's what I proposed originally, a new team for Overwatch 2. No, 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 but yeah. you, you but you were saying like add a new team. I'm saying like recycle these people out and get new new blood in there. Well, that's not fair that's, just to cut off the people that made the game. The people who made the game aren't keeping the game successful. Because it, because they have been held back because of Overwatch 2 in the quote I just said. We yeah, but we only have one guy who were quoting about an event, not actually. No, but it's Jeff Kaplan. He was saying that yes, Jeff Kaplan, the lead of Overwatch, the creative lead of Overwatch, admitted that Overwatch 2 is the reason the game has not been what they wanted to be. Right. Yeah, but we yeah. we no, there's a difference though. What they want it to be and what we're talking about aren't necessarily the same things. That's speculation right there. What you're saying is when Jeff speculation is the little title of the show. 
No, but what I'm saying is like it's not based on anything. <laughs> what you're saying there is like, hey, Jeff said that uh, the development cycle is slowing down, so that means we could have a really cool multiplayer game, but because we're working on Overwatch 2, we can't quite have it, which I don't think is true. Because like what we are talking about is uh, you know, balance updates sucking. We're not talking about cool events. We're talking about how the core of the game isn't what we want it to be. And that's the thing that we're not agreeing, because Andrew, we agree on everything else about this, except that issue. That's the one we're stuck on, is that you think the problem is, is, is Overwatch 2 is making it so we can't have quality content. And what I'm saying is it's quantity content that we're not getting. But that's not important. You're not, you haven't been playing as much as I have recently. Things have gotten better recently. Between avoid a, avoid a teammate, between roll queue, between new heroes, between a couple of meta shifts, like things have gotten better. And do you know what? All those things would have happened and made the game better a year and a half ago if they had full resources devoted to this game. That. But it has a better chance. That. They said that they didn't have enough heroes out yet. That's why they're waiting on Rolock. Well, do you know how you get more heroes? By putting them into the core game instead of saving them, what they've admitted they've done for Overwatch 2. If they go out sooner, well then, oh wow, Rolock could have gone in last year. I mean, that's that's one, that the Rolock thing is one thing. But avoid a teammate's the same thing. Like, these things so avoid a is a feature that you can just put in but it yes that had took a while because they didn't have a full team dedicated to it they I had half that, a team though. because they've announced they didn't say hey we wanted to put a uh, avoid a teammate in but we just didn't have the team to do it now hey we we just decided to add this feature because it's a cool feature that we should add into the game I feel like every time a new feature comes out, Jeff Kaplan really starts with, this is something we've been wanting to do for quite a while now. Yeah, that's because that's what every developer says for any game ever whenever they do an but update. But taking want to seem like three years to do Rolock is ridiculous. Like, not three years. They, it, know, it was like two it, years no, from when it's they... Not them sitting for two years going, man, I wish we had more people to work on this because, you know, sometimes Leak comes out with, op- with updates that are like, oh, wow. I mean, I can't believe they're just implementing those things now. Like, Games, games sometimes just don't have certain updates for a while. Quality of life things happen all the time for games. Hearthstone, like Hearthstone, has a but they don't for Overwatch. Quality of life things do not happen. Avoid a teammate, (laughs) like they they are. Yeah, you can list avoid a teammate. What other thing in the last (laughs) since launch has came out? Yeah, but I'm saying it's not it's it's not necessarily indicative of them having a small team. What I'm saying is just because they're not doing these things doesn't mean they have all these ideas and they're just like sitting on them. Like like they it's not them just not having the resources, it's just them not developing them. And why wouldn't they develop them? They know they're going to make the game better. Because 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 they have a bad design philosophy is what I'm getting at. No. They need new people designing the game they don't they don't they don't need they don't need a bigger team they need a different team sometimes like they're clearly their design team isn't what we want it to be i'm done i'm not enjoying this topic (laughs) i've been enjoying it i've just been able to sit here and just man i just you know Dylan's wrong just that's in a way. That's how we're gonna end this topic. Don't we're gonna wrong. go. We're gonna go into post show. Classic, classic, slippery Andrew running away from my topic again. What do you mean? This is my topic. Oh no! It's mine now. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. 
All right, James, I'm sorry. You get time for one of your two topics. So pick which one you want to talk about. Thanks, boys. Thanks. Well, I'm not going to talk about the uh, the turmoil that my favorite organization is because it's not that actually bad of a turmoil. Saying they're in, uh, they're, they have a net loss of 81 million isn't actually that bad once you find out why. So why? we're not going to go. Hmm? Why? Um, they're releasing something called the Madison Square Garden Sphere, which is basically where they've sunk a ton of their money into. Plus, it's not so much CLG. It's more the Knicks. So, and they want to do some like separations of their sports and entertainment uh, entities. They want to actually like divide the two of them up. So we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Operation Shifting Tides and what it means for the pro play scene in Rainbow Six. So Operation Shifting Tides, um, like most of pretty much every Rainbow Six patches, releases two new operators. They eventually won 100, I think is what they've said. Um, we're now up to 50. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they, they, that's lot. like a that is, a, that is a lot. That's a lot of reused guns because, let's face it, there's just only so many guns in the world. And oh, Rainbow Six has done a really good job of keeping these guns not fictitious. They're actually, you know, actual weapons within the world and all that good stuff. But we saw the release of two new operators, uh, Wame and Kali. Um, Wame being the defender and Kali being the attacker. Um, we've all played COD. We've all played COD 4. We're all familiar with the intervention, correct? Mm-hmm. bolt action sniper rifle. oh yes yeah 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 so cali gets one of those cali gets yeah. a bolt action sniper rifle that goes through walls goes through breaks through soft walls and I doesn't say. stop until it hits something uh yeah it's pretty, like it's it's not so much that but it goes through multiple so it actually has like a crazy amount of power behind it um and anytime you hit somebody in the body it's an automatic down yes like it's, and you automatically turn to wherever the operator the fire like the shots fired from you get down and you turn automatically to it. You get hit in the head. It's, of course, a one-shot kill because, of course, it is. Um, there's a big old streak behind the actual shot, so it's not that bad. Uh, but she also gets, like, another thing that's a more or less like a uh, a breaching round that, like, blows up anything that, like, it'll, like, dig into a wall and then blow up so it'll break apart anything that um, that's kind of attached to it. Um, so, like, bandit batteries, um, evil eyes, all that good stuff. Those all get taken out. And everybody, basically, once they saw this operator, were like, that's that's busted that's broken we don't know what to do about this this is ridiculous and now they actually opened up the test servers yesterday and everybody is actually saying she's pretty fair she's pretty balanced it's in fact her counterpart wame who is way too broken because wame has a replenishing gadget which basically means over time you eventually get a couple um of this thing that's basically called the magnet and what you do is you chuck into a wall chuck it to an entry point or whatever and it'll grab anything that enters its like atmosphere and suck it into itself and blow up so any grenades any flashbangs any any frags any breaching rounds any fuse pellets like i mean it picks it up and uh sucks it in and makes and negates it negates it entirely so apparently wame is the busted of the two of them he's got an wow. mp5 which is a pretty solid gun for the for the game itself the mp5k has always been really 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 well received um but yeah, he's apparently the busted one. So by the looks of it, he's going to be you probably one of the ones that's going to be heavily banned. It, like for anybody who's played Rainbow, Rainbow Six is like you know, a lot of these maps are close quarters. A lot of the ones in pro play are close quarters. Um, so the the use of a long range sniper doesn't really get like it's full. Per, like you're going to have somebody sitting out on the other side of the map and essentially making a 4v5 because nobody's going to be dumb enough to stand next to a goddamn window so she can shoot in and just you know detonate you know kill somebody one shot but wame who's got this crazy uh gadget who basically denies you know kill somebody one shot 
All right. He loves Andrew. I'm not making a comment on that. With that, we are going to wrap up this week's very interesting episode of Project Esports for November 4th, 2019. As always, thank you all so much for watching. And we go live. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me, Dylan? (laughs) I was... Okay, I was... I was trying to fix our outline so we knew what to say at the right time, and I I, met, I forgot. Just talk. <laughs> Just say go. something, man. I wasn't paying attention, okay? We go live every single Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. I, I Wait, I think it's Eastern Standard Time, or is it Eastern Daylight Time now? James, please save us. <laughs> no, I'm not done yet. Anyways, whether it's EST or EDT, it's 10 p.m. on the East Coast. Come come, come over to twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. But if you missed the live show or I give you, gave you the wrong time and you don't, you, show, you showed up late or something, uh, the VODs on YouTube, just go to poppedoff.com slash YouTube to find our YouTube page. Uh, we also have a, a podcast. Just search podcast Project Esports. We're there. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> James, please. Please don't. Oh. oh, boys. Okay. All right. So following that very very stretched out and horrible ending boys leave us a five-star review on itunes or spotify i just learned you can leave it there hit us up on youtube we're trying to hit that 100 subscriber mark um so dylan doesn't have to do what he just did because i think that played a definite factor in it won't change anything it won't yeah that's true probably won't and you can find us all over every form of social media facebook instagram twitter um, our individual profiles, the popped off profile, the Project Esports profile, we're everywhere. Interact with us. Let us know. Let us know that we should kick off Dylan because he doesn't know how to fucking talk. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, you know, it was pretty horrible. But with yeah. that, I'm Andrew. I'm James. I'm Dylan. And thank you for dealing with us each and every week. We will see you all back here next week. Have a good week, gamers.